listening to A Quiet Mind. A Quiet Mind is brought to you in part by listeners like you. If you like what you hear, consider donating today by visiting aquietmind.com forward slash donate. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Robert. Uh, happy to be here in the wonderful studio again, coming to you from beautiful Kanab, Utah. A few announcements before um, we move into the podcast itself. Number one is, where the heck have I been? Well, I've been living life. And as you know, if you've been listening to me for the last 10 years, what I usually do is I kind of go out there, I live life, I put some of these ancient wisdom teachings to the test in uh, real time, um, in the trenches, so to speak. And uh, then when I feel like I have something of value to say, I pick up the microphone and I talk into it. Words come out. And just to update you, uh, recently I've been working at a, an animal shelter here in Kanab, Utah. I wanted to see what it was like to, you know, devote your time to um, a company, a business, a nonprofit, really, is what it is, that had a mission statement and a vision that didn't really include um, just purely profit. In, in other words, their, their mission to them was more important than profit, though it is a profitable business. So I wanted to come here, and I wanted to work with animals for a while. Um, I've worked with, worked with people, wanted to work with animals, and uh, learned a tremendous amount. I can't even begin. So now suddenly I have some things to say. So working at the animal sanctuary, I also went to Hawaii and helped my parents settle there in their new place. And uh, in between that, I did some alone time out on the Mesa in Taos, New Mexico, and also in a hermitage there. So now I'm back, and I'm ready to talk. And what do I want to talk about? Well, the name of this podcast is A Quiet Mind. And I've been doing it, like I said, for this December will be 10 years. And something significant happened to me in 2004 that I've written about. You can find out more about that on my website, aquietmind.com forward slash about, which goes into depth with where I met um, what I call my true nature that is our true nature. Basically, my mind became quiet. And when it did, I saw what was beyond my thinking mind. And I'm certainly not the first to experience that. I won't be the last. Um, but it was so powerful at the time that it, in effect, completely changed the way that I think about the world. So I had all these new ideas, all these new um, pointers in my life that were previously not there. So I began to share those with you on this podcast. And the goal for me for many years had been 
wow, if I could just have a quiet mind, all of my problems would be over. And if you think about it for a moment, you would realize that that might be true because as soon as the mind is quiet, and that is what I experienced in Lama, New Mexico, was just a perfectly quiet mind. My mind stopped and it didn't start back up. And what I saw there was wonderful beyond description, actually. Bliss, joy, love, just ecstasy. And it was fully aware, fully conscious. And it was something beyond what I thought was me, mine, and I. So I talked a lot about it because I couldn't find anybody who would want who wanted to listen. And if I did talk about it, they'd say, wow, yeah, I, I remember that, man. I was on mushrooms and whoa. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. I, I, I wasn't on anything. I was just walking my dog, minding my own business and wham. So it's like, you know, enough of our, it sounds almost narcissistic to, to keep going on and on about how I had this experience. But um, wow, it was profound. It was life-changing. It's shifted everything in my consciousness completely. And I just had to talk about it to somebody. So I've been talking to you and thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. It's helped me to understand this. It's helped me to put this knowing into the practice of my life. And that's really what I've learned. I've learned that life is our practice. I have learned that the mind can be quiet. And that's what I want to share with you now. Because I have learned how to live from a quiet stillness that resides in all of us. And I want to begin to share that with you in detail um, in this continuing series of how to quiet the mind. And why am I finally saying that? Because I can finally do it. I know how to quiet my mind. And I would love to share that with you because it's brought me great peace. It's brought me contentment. I'm happy now and not the kind of happiness that we've been sold, but truly happy and without desire. Of course, there are still things that I need, food, shelter, clothing, friendship. I need to communicate, but need and desire are quite different. There's nothing that's running me now. I don't feel like I'm being run by some subconscious power. So how does one quiet the mind? Well, I practiced this thing called Zazen for quite a while. And it was during my first long practice period doing this, you know, sitting practice where you sit quietly and you don't move. You even try to keep your breathing down to a minimum. And during this practice period, it was my actually my um, first involvement with this practice, Zazen. 
and everyone around me was sitting quietly and we were sitting for, I don't know, eight or nine hours a day. Now that wasn't continuous. We had breaks. Generally you sit for 40 minutes, then you walk for 10, sit back down. There are breaks for breakfast and lunch and dinner. There's a work period break. But during the whole time, even when we're eating, the practice is called Oriyoki, and it is uh, eating meditation in silence, very deliberate, no speaking at all, just hand gestures to be able to communicate to the other people that you're sharing your meal with. You stare at the wall during the practice. You keep your eyes open. can be quite painful after sitting for many hours, especially if you're a white guy like me who skateboarded as a youngster, and this was before knee pads and helmets and elbow pads, um, and it wasn't we were trying to be cool, we just didn't know. It was only later when skate parks opened that we started to wear that kind of equipment. So. Needless to say, after hours of sitting like this with my white boy legs and my busted up knees, um, I was in a tremendous amount of pain. And uh, so much so that I, I, I needed to quit. I needed to get up. I needed to lie down. I just, I just couldn't take it. My mind was going crazy. It reached a point of insanity where I was actually shouting out in my mind, why won't someone help me? Why doesn't somebody see how much pain I'm in? Please help. Then I would squirm around, and it was awful. It was, it was just excruciating pain. And I decided to, to sit with the pain, um, to go into the pain, to accept it, to even be loving with it. And... When I did this, I realized that even though I was in all of this pain, something or someone was still sitting. Something or someone was not bothered by the pain. There was this presence within me that I discovered during that second day of that practice period. This fully aware consciousness that was not moved by any of anything that was happening. The pain there, the physical pain that was there, it was not moved by this. The mental noise, it didn't care. The fact that um, this was insane, you know, my mind was saying, this is crazy. Why sit and stare at a wall? This presence that was within me for lack of a better word, just didn't give a shit. <laughs> but it wasn't in a collapsed way. It was more than that. It was almost smiling. It was imperturbable. It was fine with whatever was happening, not judging one way or the other, just witnessing, just watching. It was pure awareness. So what I did was I began to see with this consciousness. 
I began to want to relate and put my attention and focus on viewing with that presence. And that is when I understood that this presence is what I had experienced before when my mind had been completely quiet on Llama Mountain back in February 2004. I had experienced this presence in a most profound and powerful way. This time, I was experiencing it in a different way. Before, it had been rather spontaneous. There was some lead up to this um, uh, experiencing and knowing the true self. It had been uh, actually many days and hours of uh, structured type of meditation. And the walking that I was doing with the dog was what we would call mindful walking. So there was a lead up to it, and plus snow was everywhere. Everything was white, it was pristine, it was so quiet. All I could hear was my own breath, my own heartbeat. You know, Arlo, my dog, his, his sound of his paws walking in the snow. And uh, then when this came upon me, this just stopping of the mind, um, I was so, I had been so primed for it that the experience that I had was um, profound and deep and shocking. I thought I was going to die. It was so powerful. But now, sitting on this cushion in this practice period, staring at the wall, watching my breath, letting go of my thoughts, hour after hour, sitting with this terrible pain and uh, moving through the pain, going into it, loving it, accepting it, forgiving it. And then suddenly, there is this presence. Who or what is that? Oh my, that's me. But that's not me. That's something else. This presence is within all of us. This calm, still, imperturbable, loving awareness. Our true nature. Or what they call Christ consciousness. Or Buddha nature. There it is, inside, waiting for us to see with it. And this is what I have coined seeing with the heart. And I know I'm not the first person to say that, but that's about the best way to put this. Because in the moment that I understood that this was an aspect of my consciousness, this calm, still, loving presence, this loving awareness, this stillness. As soon as I realized that it was a part of my being, I realized that I could begin to see through its eyes, so to speak. And it's just a practice, if you will, at first. And it's a remembering. And it's coming home. Coming home, finally, where we can just go, oh, we're done, we're finished. In that particular context, we are. When we've arrived there, 
when we, when we have arrived home, we know it. We know it. This is self-actualized, and it is acknowledged by you. You know this is it. The seeking has ceased when we come home to that which is our true nature, seeing with the heart. When we're seeing with the heart, there is no judging. There is no condemning. There is no right or wrong. That is a very interesting thing. No right or wrong. That's a big subject. We'll have to cover that in another podcast. So how do we see from the heart? Well, you can do what I did, which is you know walk around in a red snowsuit in the middle of winter with your dog in New Mexico and hope that you have some kind of experience. And by the way, the experience wasn't an experience. It was the seeing of that which is constant. It was the seeing of that which is, to me, the truth. Because in that presence, there is the sanity that we're all looking for, the grounded feeling that we're all searching for, the truth that we're all looking for. And it's not my truth, and this way is not the only way. But I ask you to look inside, because if we're looking outside for balance, harmony, if we're looking to humanity to confirm that there is any such thing as peace, uh, love, you know, empathy, compassion, we can be uh, a bit uh, confused because we see so much that is contrary. Because there is, believe me, there is compassion, empathy, love, caring. Many people are loving and caring. Most people are. But when we look out there, we see a lot of negligence. We see a lot of behavior that is contrary to that which we, we may be searching for, that stability, that uh, clear sense of space. And there it is. That is who you are. You are that clear sense of space. So we can't look to the world to confirm that there is anything that we might want to call perfection. And if we're looking out there for our confirmation, if you will, that there is such a thing as the divine, if we're looking with our human minds, and we're not looking with our heart, seeing with our heart, we're going to be confused. We're going to be lost. It's going to break our heart again and again and again. Look at how humanity is. Look at how we treat each other. Look at all the shootings. Look at all the violence. Look at all of the people that are in need that are not being taken care of. And we do. We want to reach out. We want to try. But when we're coming from a space that is not from this pure awareness, this seeing with the heart in its most pure form, that which we are, then we are going to be hurt. 
because we're not, we're still giving with an expectation of a return. We are looking to humanity to confirm the divine. But we have a perception of what that is. We believe the divine to be perfect, never making a mistake. Pure love. Well, we are that. The power that runs through all of us is source, is the energy that, that moves the whole cosmos, the whole universe. That is us. But see, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, it gives to everyone and everything freely. The sun does not choose who it's going to shine on. It shines on everyone equally. And that is a, a good metaphor for the divine. It shines on everyone equally. So how do we see with our hearts? Well, a quiet mind helps. So how do we get a quiet mind? Already know this, or, or rather, know this. The quiet one already exists. We are that. We are that calm, non-dual, loving awareness. What points us to this? These words. These words remind you who you are. No searching is necessary outside of yourself. Everything is designed to point you back to your truth. It's different for everyone. Isn't it wonderful to see that everyone is doing their best, working with what they have now in this moment, doing the best they can with what is available. All of us are searching for exactly the same thing. And it's within. Our quiet one is reached in many different ways. And the first one that we have really started with here, with the very first podcast, is accepting what is so. Accepting what is so with you, with the world, with your story, with everything that surrounds you. We must accept this, because if we constantly stir it back up, we cloud the mind we cloud the heart. If everything is vibration, light and sound, all vibration, how are we interacting with what is around us? Are we creating more tension, more strife, more drama? Just check in. If you are, one of the ways that you can find the truth that resides within you is to just accept what is so. Sit, be quiet, accept these things. Eventually, everything seeks its own level. If you sit long enough, you will see. In the next podcast, we're going to go into some very specific ways to sit and just be. And if you don't like the form, that's okay. I understand. Some people, they don't want the form. They want to abandon it. Well, that's great. I, for one, 
I'm a person that had to work with the form for a while before I began to work with the formless. But if it doesn't ring true with you, as I always say, set it aside. Look somewhere else. I'm just like a flavor of toothpaste. There's all kinds of toothpaste out there, and a quiet mind is one flavor. So if uh, what you hear doesn't ring true, please explore. Explore many avenues. Be open. But I want to share this with you. It took a long time for me to get to this point, 20 years now. This is quite a milestone this year, 2014. Symbolizes a lot of interesting things for me when I'm looking at the form, which I do love. I love the form. <laughs> so it's my pleasure to be here sharing this with you. And as always, you can contact me by sending me an email, robert at aquietmind.com. Check the website, aquietmind.com, for books that are being published, flute CDs that are out there, and I will be coming to Los Angeles soon and giving talks, and I am available for individual spiritual coaching as well as your quiet coach. So once again, I say thank you for listening.